It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's going on, guys? Billy Pinkney here alongside New York Mets pitcher Adam Aller. Adam, how's it going? Going well, man. Going well. Just, you know, off-season. Well, it's been quite the off-season, but let's take it back to the beginning of your career with three different organizations, the Pirates, the Giants, and then the Mets. Starting off with the Pirates, drafted by them. Can you tell me about your experience with the Pirates organization? You've been there the most out of all three organizations. Yeah, um, you know, it's it's not really any surprise to a lot of people, but I didn't necessarily enjoy my time with them. Uh, I love the coaches that I had. I love the, the teammates and the friends that I made with that team and um, still keep in touch with a good good bit of good bit of them. But uh, um, yeah, kind of that last that last season with them uh, was rough for me. Um, get the promotion and then struggled for for a while. So I guess nothing on them for getting released and all that, but struggled with them for a little while and then kind of turned it around at the end. And fortunately, you know, wasn't, wasn't enough and business decision is what it is. But, uh, yeah, uh, I, you know, I like the coaches, like the players and stuff like that. Just, you know, wasn't necessarily a good fit for me. Uh, I know, you know, they, they, they have a whole, they have a whole new, um, whole new training staff or a whole new like basically front office and stuff like that. And uh, I think they're just from guys that I've talked to in that organization, they're definitely going in the right direction. Um, They said it's nine day different than when I was there. Um, But, you know, I don't, I don't hold any ill will towards them by any means. I mean, I know I got released by them and people would assume that, Oh, I hate them because I got released, but it's part of baseball. It's part of uh, any job. I mean, I got fired. It is what it is. And, move on to the next and hopefully uh luckily you know i ended up getting signed but you know kind of was what it was 
Now, I did hear that from quite a few players about the Pirates organization back then. I guess things have hopefully changed for the better. But I did speak to you back in 2018 about indie ball. It was pretty funny. Uh, after seeing everything you've been able to do, it's 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 pretty special. But uh, no, we we spoke about playing here in indie ball. What can you tell me about your experience playing in indie ball in the Frontier League during that season in 2019? You know, it, it's it's funny you ask that. So so going into independent ball. Um, you have that stigma about like, oh, it's, it's brutal. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's the grind. Like you, you just got to grind through everything. I, I kind of had a different outlook on it. And granted, you know, I did really well, but at the end of the day, like, even if I hadn't done well, I had fun, dude. Like I, I had an absolute blast with them. Um, I, I played with some great dudes, great teammates, um, great coaching staff. Uh, I can't say enough about like, I went into it obviously thinking, you know, the worst and I, it was one of the, aside from last season, it was probably one of my most like fun, I guess, seasons that I've had. Granted, again, I was doing really well, but it was just, it was fun to go to the park. It was fun to hang out with the guys. It was, there was no pressure. Um, Cause you know, I, I kind of went into that thing. Like I went into any ball as like, uh, not necessarily as a route to get signed. Um, I did it more as like, a a victory lap per se. Like I was, I was kind of wanting to, with the year that I had had prior getting released, not having fun, wanting to retire three different times during that season, like seriously retire, like talking to my family about it. Um, I didn't want to end, you know, my career on a sour note. So I went into that and I was just like, you know what, like whatever happens, happens. I'm going to, I'm going to enjoy, you know, enjoy my last year. I'm going to treat the base, treat baseball as like a game, not as a job. And, you know, lo and behold, I end up doing really well because as a lot of guys will tell you, the more you don't stress, the more you have fun and the more you enjoy the game, the better you tend to do. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I enjoyed it thoroughly, dude. Like I, I had a blast there. Um, Chicago is a fun city. So it was, it was all in all a great, great spot. I think I made four starts roughly and, uh, ended up getting signed that last start, um, by the giants. And, you know, I, I love the giants too. I can't say enough about them. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed them too, but it was, it was one of those things that, you know, for all the guys out there that are like iffy on independent ball, because um, I've done international ball too, you know, uh, played in Australia. Um, don't be. I mean, they're they're there for a reason, and it's it's gonna be what you make it, basically. And so if you go into it with a good attitude and you have fun with it, it's it's a great time. And uh, I mean, believe it or not, I made more money in independent ball than I did in rookie ball so it's another plus but yeah it's it's I, I i loved it and you know 10 out of 10 i would go back and do it again obviously it worked out for me but i would still even if it didn't i would still do it again yeah i mean there's a lot of players when they go to indie ball they have that 
sort of bitter taste in their mouth, uh, you know, about where their careers are at. And uh, a lot of times they get released or they're free agents who didn't get signed, uh, even though they hope they would. And after a little bit of time, they start to, you know, feel like, oh, this is actually a lot of fun. And it's a lot of players most fun part of playing professional baseball in their career. Have there been any players who reached out to you asking about that route and if it's worth it? Oh God. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the place that, you know, the place I train out here in Houston, um, it's not just, you know, affiliated guys, like we have international and independent ball guys as well. And that's kind of been one thing that wasn't what I was expecting coming out of like the, the, where I'm at in my career. That wasn't like, not necessarily a mentor by any means, but that was not something I was expecting, but now, you know, I, I get a lot of guys that will message me on via Instagram, message me, text message me, teammates of mine, old teammates and guys in here that they're kind of like, like, I'm like a success story. So they, you know, they, they message me and they're like, you know, like, was it worth it? Like, should I, should I consider it? Should I do it? Should I hang it up? Should I, like, what did you do? Like, what, what was your mindset going into it? And a hundred percent, like, my my thing is um if you're if you're a guy that's on the fence like you're iffy uh about your career then you're probably not going to have your heart in it because at the end of the day independent ball is even affiliated ball in the lower levels it's 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 a grind it's not it's not for the you know it's not for the weak stomachs by any means like you're you're grinding through everything so that's kind of one of those things that, like, if you really want to keep going and you really want to, like, you don't think you're done and you're not where you want to be yet, absolutely you should do it. Because, yeah, it was a success story, but at the end of the day, there's a lot of guys that, you know, they play in any ball, international ball for several years. And it may not be glamorous, but you get to play, you get to do what you want to do. And, uh, I, I tell every guy here, I'm like, listen, like this is the mindset I had going into it was this is my last year. So I'm going to go into it with a good attitude. I'm going to have fun and I want to end my career on, on a good note. Or, you know, I still have more to prove to myself. So I want to see and I want to give myself a chance to do that. And with that type of attitude, you're going to give everything you have going into it. And more often than not, you're going to end up doing well. And like, yeah, there are some circumstances where it's just out of your control. Uh, luckily, you know, at that time I was doing well and the Giants had a need. So it was one of those things where it worked out. Um, but I've got buddies of mine that, you know, they played there for, they played affiliated and then they got released and they went and played any ball. And, you know, they've been playing any ball for two, three years or international ball or whatever. And, it's just not working yet and it happens as part of the game. But at the end of the day, at least like you're in control of what you're doing. You're in control of your career. If you want to end it, you can end it. If you want to keep playing, you can keep playing. Like there's always, there's always a niche out there for somebody. Right. Yeah. And some play a few extra years too, because they want to have peace with themselves knowing that, Hey, I gave it my all and they're not regretting anything and to hang up the cleats too early. So exactly. And you mentioned too Australia. What can you tell me about playing there, and how would you rate the competition compared to here in the states? Oh man, dude, I I loved Australia. Uh, that was 
I, I can't I can't say enough about the people I played with over there, the people I met over there. Just the the hospitality in general over there is just. I mean, plus on top of that, like, like for me, Australia was a place that I had always wanted to go and vacation to at some point in my life. So for the Mets to give me an opportunity to go play there and get paid to play there, like that was, that was to me, that was like, oh, that's a win-win. Like, absolutely, I'm going to do it. And especially since like that 2020 season, like we weren't playing anyways. So that gave me an opportunity to not just sit around and throw bullpens all the time, but like actually get some competition. Um, and I will say for, I don't know, I don't know how Australia, like the ABL ranks in, in international leagues. I know obviously like Japan and the like Dominican leagues are, are probably a little bit more competitive, but that year per se with the quarantine and with us not playing, it was a lot better competition than normal from what I've understood. Um, but competition aside, at the end of the day, I'm still getting my work in. I'm still facing hitters. I'm still facing you know, affiliated guys as well, as well as, you know, ABL guys that have been playing in that league for five, six, seven, ten years. Yeah. Um, so it was an absolute blast. And then on top of that, I mean, getting to, getting to spend three and a half months in Australia – and getting paid to be there, like, it was, I mean, I saw every inch of New South Wales that you can see. And I I have recommended to several of the guys here that, you know, if you get that opportunity, like, I know it's not one of the most high-paying uh, international leagues, but it's, it's one of those things that where it's like, if I had gotten an opportunity to do it again and I wasn't at the amount of innings that I had been at, I would have seriously considered it just, just from the standpoint of like getting to go over there, experiencing their culture, experiencing the atmosphere, everything like nicest people you'll ever meet. Um, it's, it's kind of weird. Cause like baseball is not super huge over there, but the ones that do watch baseball, absolutely love it. So it's, it's, it's fun. And um, you know, I, I think I was fairly popular over there with, with uh, the Australians for like, the just being, I guess, Southern, which I don't really feel like I have that much of an accent, but I guess I did over there. But uh, no, they, they absolutely loved it. And then I, I loved it too. I highly, highly, highly recommend to anybody out there that has a chance to go play there to do it. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is safe. It's a place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. For example, it's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who experience major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. Designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash GamePresents today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 
Game presents. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr. And I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's awesome. Well, you briefly mentioned the Mets. We have to talk about your experience here with the Mets. I mean, it was a breakout year for you this past year, and... Uh, I mean, double-A, triple-A, and then eventually being added to the 40-man roster. I mean, that's a huge accomplishment in one year. Can you take me through the beginning of the year when you first got signed by them and then uh, that, that great year that you had? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I ended up uh, – it's kind of funny. Like, I got Rule 5 to them in that 2020 Rule 5 draft. Um, and it's, it's – I'll, I'll tell you the story that I've told a lot of people, but – it was funny because, like, obviously that year in 2019, I, I was in independent ball and I got signed and I was 25, I think, 25 at the time. And I got sent to low A for the year, which I don't know if you know, but like 25 in low A, that's like your grandpa. And uh, so I was there the whole year. And at the end of the season, I was just like, I remember talking to the, one of our pitching coaches down there. I was like, hey, like, am I, you know, am I a field guy? Like, am I getting released at the end of this or, or what's going on? And he goes, no, like, you know, we, we like you a lot. I was like, oh, okay, so, like, I have a job? And he goes, yeah. I was like, okay, awesome. And then fast forward to, I can't remember, it was like December, I think, is a little five draft or November, December, somewhere in there. But uh, I substitute teaching as an off-season job at the high school that I went to here in Houston. And uh, I was teaching a class, and I end up – my phone's just going off. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, what the – like, what the heck is going on? Like, and I'll, like, I look at my phone. I'm in class. I look at my phone, and I've just got text messages and Snapchats, Twitter, everything. And one of my, like, old teammates with the Pirates had messaged me, and he was like, hey, if the rumors are true, congrats. And like, I texted him back, and I was like, what are you talking about? And he goes – you got rule five. I was like, wait, what? And I, like, I, I step out, look at my phone, Twitter's just blown up, like rule five draft, et cetera. And 
uh, I get a call from like the Giants uh, farm director and he was like, you know, like, thanks for everything, yada, yada, yada. You know, you got rule five. And I remember sitting there and I was like, why? Like, not that I don't think like I'm good, but like, like why? Like I was in independent ball last year. And, you know, he was just like, he was telling me, he was like, you know, you need to have more confidence in yourself. Like we saw something, you know, apparently the Mets did as well. Um, and I was sitting there, I was like, dude, I didn't even know the rule five was today. And he was like, yeah, no, it was, it just happened. I was like, oh, okay. Like sick. And talked to the Mets. I went in and I called my parents. I was like, apparently I just got rule five, like picked the rule five. And they were like, what is that? And I was like, it's like a redraft, basically. And they're like, oh, sick. Who are you with? I was like, the Mets. And they're like, oh, okay, cool. Now what? And I was like, I have no idea. I was like, I have no idea. And, you know, obviously, you know, we went through all that stuff. And uh, then 2020 happens and don't get to play. And they send me to Australia, which was, again, like I said, awesome. And then uh, come back. And I'm kind of, I was kind of in like that awkward, that like kind of limbo stage where it's like I got rule five in the triple A phase, but like I didn't have a single inning in double A. And I was sitting there like 2021 spring training. So am I triple A, am I double A? Like I'm being realistic with myself. I know I don't have any double A innings. So and they're like, no, you'll probably go to double A. And I was like, okay, like that's understandable. I, I get that. Had a pretty good spring training. Um, I think I only gave up like one or two hits in spring training. And I was like, oh, okay, like, great. And then, you know, go to double A. Um, I mean, you can look, the, I think like the first three or four starts, I didn't make it past like the third inning. Just not, not it. Just walking guys all over the place. Just not feeling great. And I had a, uh, had a conversation with our pitching coordinator at that time. Um, got a murky mind hold. And I was like, hey, listen, like, I don't know what's going on. Like, I'm, I'm, I, I, like, I know I have the stuff. I just, I, 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 I can't, I can't compete right now. And he was just like, literally throw the ball over the plate, just throw it over the plate. And we had a, we had a start where he had our catcher, my catcher set up middle, middle for the entire start. And like, obviously, you know, I got, I got hit a little bit, but I didn't walk anyone. I was over the, over the plate. Next start, you know, I started moving them around. And uh, that was kind of when, like, things kind of turned around a little bit. Um, just started working on literally just throwing the ball over the plate and letting them swing, letting them get themselves out, setting up counts, stuff like that. And sure enough, you know, learned how to pitch a little bit and uh, figured out how to work stuff in when I was supposed to be working it in. And breaking ball came around and – one thing led to another, just out and started stacking upon each other and got to the point where, like, I was in, I think after, like, my fifth or sixth, like, solid double-A start in a row, I asked our coordinator, I was like, dude, like, I got to ask, like, well, what else do I got to do, like, to go to the next level? Like, I'm 26, you know, I'm kind of hitting that point where it's either, like, sink or swim. And he was like, just get your walk percentage down to like, I think it was at like 9.2, down below nine. I was like, okay, next start, no walks, get it down to like eight something. And then I'm like, all right, like now what? And he goes, nothing, just keep doing you. And sure enough, like that very next, like very next start, I throw 
have a pretty good start. I think it was against like the Red Sox double-A team. Had a really good start and come in afterwards, and I'm just like, like, you know, I just kind of keep doing my thing, not worry about it, and just keep doing it. And they, uh, that was that was the the game that like the next day they promoted me, and uh, that was a huge like huge moment for me. I ended up getting in Triple A, and then obviously you know did well first start in Triple A, and then kind of kept stacking things and. Uh, the end of the year, it's just I get the pitcher of the year award, which that was. It's just it, it's it's one of those things that like for a guy like myself who like I've never been a prospect, never been like a top like you know a top guy. It was kind of like a crazy moment, like like seriously, like out of the org, like really. And they're like, yeah, like, no, I mean, you, you've done really well, yada, yada, yada. And I was like, wow, like, okay, maybe I actually do, like, have a chance. And then, uh, you know, I kept stacking pretty good starts on each other. And then, you know, obviously at the end of the year, I was like, well, I'm either, you know, I'm hopefully protected. If not, then, you know, maybe the big league rule five will happen. Like, my luck in the rule five has been pretty good. Like, maybe it'll happen again. But, um, you know, my – one of my coaches, he was like, I think, like, you'll be fine. And my agent was like, no, like, I think you'll be protected, yada, yada, yada. And then we get to the final day of protection. And I'm sitting there by my phone just, like, freaking out. Just like, okay, like, am I going to get protected? Am I not going to get protected? Like, I think I will, but, like, you never know. And I was with my mom. And then, you know, when I got when I got that call, that was, like, that was like a crazy moment for me because just like the, the highs and lows, the roller coaster that I've done to finally get like that, like recognition, like you, you got it. Granted, obviously that's not where I want to be at. I want to be, you know, in the big leagues and I want to be not just a year guy, but like a, like a for a big league guy. Um, but that was like the next step in the right direction. And so it was, it was a crazy moment and it was, it was a very surreal moment. Just, you know, finally after everything that happened throughout my career, like to be where I'm at now, as opposed to, you know, you go back three years, just the, the timeline of the three years has been crazy. And then now, you know, it's obviously we're in a lockout, but, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully it ends soon and we're, we're back to work, but if not, just got to be ready, I guess. It's a fantastic story. It's one of those indie ball success stories that come into fruition here, and we've seen a lot more of those in recent years, which is great to see. But it seems like a lot of the success is driven, too, by the Mets coaching staffs in the minor leagues and the coordinators and everybody. What can you tell me about those guys and, and the ones who have helped you out on the pitching side? Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the coaching staff that I've had uh, – especially with the Mets have been absolutely crucial. I mean, I can't speak enough. Like I, I loved, I loved being with the giants as well. Um, and I absolutely love the Mets. Uh, I've loved, you know, they've been very, I guess the, the biggest thing about them that I, that I, I liked has been, they've been very like straightforward with me. Um, Cause it's like, it's one of those things that like, you know, it's your job and I understand it's baseball, but like it is your job. So 
it's just like any other job, you know, if you're trying to get a promotion, you're trying to get wherever you're trying to get, like, you want to know, like, okay, I got to get this, 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 this. And with other organizations, it's been like, just keep doing your thing. It's like, no, that doesn't help me be like, I need to know, like, like, what do I need to do? Like, okay, I need to have like nine case printing, like that type, like, give me something to work towards. And the Mets have done that. Like they've like, they're very straightforward. They're like, listen, like, you're not ready or you're ready. You just are waiting for, you know, your opportunity. And like, that's, that's stuff that can actually help you. And then on top of that, uh, I mean, I worked a good bit with, um, his name's DJ Carrasco. He was, a he was a pitching coach, triple A pitching coach for the Mets in like 2019 or 2020. And, uh, he, he kind of took me under his wing quite a bit. He's not with the Mets anymore, but he, he took me under his wing and, worked on like a new changeup for me, um, worked on a cutter and just kind of learning how to pitch and how to set guys up because pitching in the lower levels and pitching in AAA and, and the big leagues are, are very different. Um, and, you know, Ricky, Ricky helped me out a lot mechanically, like just subtle mechanical flaws that I had that I, he helped me fix. And as soon as he helped me fix that, you know, Velo goes up, uh, everything's a lot cleaner. Everything's sharper. So it's they've they've done a lot for me, and they've they've invested a lot into like the analytics behind baseball. Which I'm a big analytics person, but at the same time, I I do believe you can get too into analytics. Um, but I think they have a they have an unbelievable balance on it, and uh, you know they've they've done a good job with what what they're doing with that, and. Uh, they're just they're you know obviously not right now with the lockout but prior to that they've been you know open phone like you got a question you got video you got whatever i can send it to anybody on the mets or they'll get back to me within the day like hey like you know you're you're opening your hips too soon or you're flying open or whatever it is and they'll get back to you right away and that's that's in this line of work like that's crucial like you need that and uh they're they're smart like they're they're smart they know what they're doing so it's it's that's been a that's been a huge help for me attention all wrestling aficionados wrestling with freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season this is freddie prince jr and i am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back and joining me once again is the one and only jeff die Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, I spoke to Jake Reed, who's also with the Mets on the 40 Man, and uh, he was talking about the same thing, how the Mets have been great with uh, the the guys who help you guys out with analytics and all that. Uh, When it comes to analytics... How much knowledge did you have previously before the Mets organization? Because I could imagine the Pirates and Indie Ball didn't probably didn't have as weren't as involved, right? Yeah, um, when I was with the Pirates, analytics wasn't a thing, or at least not that I know of. Um, and then I actually I went up to Drive Line in 2018. That year I got released, and because it was kind of one of those things where it was like. I was 88, 92 my entire college career, entire like first half pro. And then when I got to Bradenton and high, I like started popping 95. I was like, oh, like, okay, well, I wonder, you know, why? And I wonder what else is in there. So I went up to Driveline, did that. And uh, they kind of taught me a good bit about analytics, how to read it, how to like, how to utilize it. Because like, if you can understand it, it's one thing. But if you don't know how to utilize it, then it's like, what's the point of being able to even read it? Um, so they, they kind of walked me through on, you know, what, what tilt means, like what, you know, the spin axis means, what vertical horizontal break, like all of that. And I, I bought into it and I started looking into it. So where every time I threw on Rapsoda or Trackman, um, I could throw a pitch, see that, you know, if I'm at 1.30, I need to get my hand more back on top of the ball to get to like 1 o'clock because that's where like I'm most successful with a fastball. And uh, the the Mets have been big on that as well. Like they've taken a lot into like the video and data analytic part of it. And, um, you know, they work with you in season on that. Like, hey, you're sitting at 130. It's lowering your vertical break to, you know, 14 or 15. You need to get back up to one o'clock so you're back up to 20. And um, that's that's been a lot. But I getting into the Mets, I would say I had a lot, a lot of uh, knowledge on analytics just because I was so bought into it in that 2018 year. Um, And the Mets are now they're good at it. But in 2020, I think that was the first year that they started really getting into analytics. Um, And now they're now they're all over it. But uh, that going into it, that was uh, I would say I was pretty, pretty knowledgeable on it. Do you happen to have a ball there to show us a few of your pitch grips? I do. 
So for the fastball, I go here. And basically, I try to run my middle finger on the inside. It's not the greatest baseball, but there's a Rawlings logo right there. I try to run my middle finger on the inside of that Rawlings logo. And then um, cutter is just the same thing, just offset to where I'm on the inside on that lace. Right. Are you releasing that cutter straight over, straight over the top of that cutter, the same as a fastball? I'm releasing it now. So like I'm releasing it more like here. Uh, so where it's okay. coming off this way. I don't throw like a traditional cutter just because I can't. Um, so I throw more of like a slider grip cutter, which it works for me. Um, I know a lot of guys throw like actual offset four seam fastballs to cutter and I just can't do it. So I found what worked for me and it works. Uh, and then the change up, I go here to where I'm basically split here. And I'm running my index or my middle finger and my ring finger on the inside of that seam to where it's almost like you got a one seam grip on the inside here. And then I just grip here and throw it like this with my hand as much to the side as I can to get that three o'clock spin. And that actually ended up being one of my best pitches this year. And then the breaking ball, which is a funky one, but Again, it works for me. Um, I throw mine here on the inside of the seam and then at the bottom of the horseshoe with my thumb and then I spike it. And so what's different about mine is I throw mine on the leather. Uh, so I know you always hear like good breaking balls spin at like 3,000 RPM. Um, mine spins at 1,800, 1,700 to 1,800. And it, it's more of like a, a knuckle than it is, it's more of a tumbling breaking ball than it is a high spin one. But it's different because I can throw it hard and it just looks a lot different. And then uh, the slider, again, a funky one. But so basically I go top of the horseshoe with the middle finger on half the lace underneath. I'm death gripping that lace and then I spike it and uh, I've never been able to throw a slider like like doing this it just never worked for me so I gripped here and basically throw it like this and just pull straight down and again a good slider supposed to be like around 28 30,000 mine's 1800 to 2000 but I can throw it really hard and it's sharp and it's late and it is different than what everyone else has seen as a hitter so it's worked but it's funny because like it's one of those things that like I've tried to show guys how to throw it and a lot of guys aren't able to and it's just one of those things that for me like I said, I've never been able to throw like a real slider. And I've never been able to like, – I got hurt throwing a real curveball just because I – long story short, I cheated to get to it. Like I had a cup and I'd hurt myself doing it. Um, so I had to find something because it's either – you can't be a starting pitcher with a fastball and a changeup. Just can't. So I had to find something, and I ended up finding that, and it uh, ended up working for me. But those are like the 
those are the ones that I throw. Um, they're different, but everybody throws pitches differently, so it works. Do you ever find it difficult to command the zone with having so many different pitches, especially some that are a little unorthodox? Yes. Uh, so in the minor, in double A down, no, um, because it's the laces, big laces. I mean, you can throw a backup breaking ball, at least for me. I throw a backup breaking ball. It's still going to do what I want it to do. It's just not going to be in the spot. Triple A, yes, because uh, they're big league baseballs. And I found that what's weird is, like, for me, like my curveball or slurve, for instance, um, and double A down when I backed it up, like I said, it still broke a lot, but it would miss the spot. With the triple A big league ones, I would normally spin it at like 17, 1800. Like I said, if I threw a backup, it'd spin at like 500 or 800, which is like a knuckleball. And it would turn into, instead of breaking this way, it would be a splitter and break the other way, which in the grand scheme of things, when you think about it, it's like, oh, okay, well, it's probably still not getting hit that well. But like when you're telling a coach, when you're telling a catcher, like, hey, I got a breaking ball coming here, and then you throw a splitter. You're not the biggest – like, the catcher's not the biggest fan of you at that point. So, I will say it did take – it did take a little bit of adjusting when I got to the AAA level, uh, just working on, like, getting a consistency on it. And that was – that was the hardest part was just – once I found the consistency, then it was like, okay, I'm fine. But it was, it was manipulating grips to try to figure out what worked best for me and still keeping the same break and everything. And I will say, like, the breaking ball from double-A AA to triple-A, the break on it is different, but it still worked. It was just I, I had to figure out what was going to work for me at that point. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you can ask any pitcher. They'll tell you. They might have one start, maybe two, and an entire season where everything is on. So the nice part about throwing four pitches, five technically, um, is I've got a lot to work with. So, you know, if, if, if two's not working, I still got three. You know, if it, um, there were starts, don't get me wrong, there were starts. I had two starts this year, one in double A, one in triple A, where not one like my cutter is my worst pitch and not one pitch was working except for the cutter and i you know you can't just be like oh well nothing's working today i can't throw like i'm done like you can't do that you got to figure out how to get through it and so you know those were those were the grind games those were the ones where it's like all right like i gotta grind out five innings and try to do my best to keep the team and keep the game and at least somewhat close so those definitely had a couple of those games this year, this past year, but that's part of baseball. Like you're not going to be perfect every time. Yeah. It's wild how they have different balls for double A and triple A. I mean, that's, that's pretty yeah. wild. I, I mean, they probably should have a uniform ball. In the grand scheme of things though, uh, it makes sense. Cause like you got to think like guys in triple A are going up and down between the big leagues. So you don't want, you don't want like a minor league baseball in AAA and then like that guy goes up to the big leagues and he's got a whole new baseball and then he goes down and he's got a whole new baseball and then vice and so on and so on. So it's like 
the triple A level, it makes sense to have one, the same baseball as big league level. That way at that point, it's like, whatever you're throwing here works there and vice versa. Um, but I'll tell you right now, it's the make or break right there. When you get to triple A and then you figure out like, Oh, okay. Like this doesn't work anymore. Now I gotta, now I gotta figure out how to throw something that does work. And that's, that, that took, that took two bullpens to, to figure out like, Oh, okay. Like this isn't going to work anymore. I need to figure out something else to make it work. And, but that's the fun part about baseball is like, you gotta be able to adjust. Yeah. Yeah. You feel a lot of pitchers have that same issue where they get, get up to triple A and, and they got to really make that adjustment. Oh yeah. I, I will say like, it's weird. Cause a lot of guys will say the biggest jump is, is from low A to high A, which yes and no. I mean, I will say hitters it is, but in my opinion for pitchers, the biggest jump is double A to triple A because it's 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 a whole new baseball and even though it's not a huge difference it, it is in the like grand scheme of things it is like it how you release it there's a lot less forgiveness um and then on top of that you're facing guys that have big league time and it's it's like okay if i miss like in double a if you miss yeah you might give up a hit but in triple a you miss the ball flies I mean, it's a big league baseball and it flies a lot further than a minor league one. So if you miss it more often than not, if it's 95 off the bat, you might be asking for a new one. And that's, that's a, that's an adjustment, but that's, I mean, it's part of it. If you don't make the adjustment, you're not going to be playing there for very long. Well, Adam, I appreciate you hopping on, taking the time to, to chat for a little bit and uh, best of luck this season. Hopefully things get cleared up shortly and we'll get back to baseball. I sure hope so, but I appreciate you having me on, and uh, best of luck with uh, the rest of the podcast and everything like that. I appreciate it. Awesome. We'll see you guys next time. This is John Sterling, and you're watching Billy the Bat Boy's Corner. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, 
Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.